Episode of DWN Productions, mm. THC podcast sponsored. Whew, I'm winded already. Can you believe it, Joe? Give me a second. <coughs> Sorry about that. Sponsored by Fast Custom Shirts here at mm, BoyGob.com or the BoyGob.com YouTube page. Or the boygob.com Facebook page. I take for advantage that everybody just, uh, you know, knows that they can watch this and listen too. But the numbers on the actual podcast feed have been significantly down. But uh, I'm guessing that's just because they're moving to the video format because those have been slightly creeping up hey joe how's your week hey tom how's it going uh i don't really remember i worked a lot yeah i worked a lot uh and that's what i'll be doing a lot of is working for the next several weeks because i've got events every weekend and still have custom work to do in between that and replenishing my stock from said events uh, this past weekend, I was back at Flea Harvey's, Tom. And that's when Lee Harvey's becomes a flea market for the weekend. I went out there, sold some stuff, did okay, did about what I usually do with this thing. Uh, hadn't done it in a long time because I've either been busy or because they canceled it because it was too hot for several months. <laughs> Fucking do anything, which is good because there's a lot of like, I don't know, like biddies out there that sell candles and their whole candle shit would <laughs> you're selling soup now bitch <laughs> yeah oh it's modern art i guess i don't know what the fuck that is but yeah that stuff would have melted uh if 
but it was pretty nice. Had the had random people buying me beer, so that was okay too. That was very nice of them. Very nice. And you didn't know who they were? No. Oof. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I always say, oh, yeah, bring it to me unopened. I know, Tom. You're very cautious. You're very, you know, <laughs> very, uh, I guess, cognizant of being roofied or something, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I'm okay with it. Put a beer in my hand. <laughs> hey, thank you. No, well. I mean, the truth of the matter is that I'm just not liked enough to get free beer. So, (laughs) I mean, it's just just never happened, Joe. But if they did, I would politely decline if it was opened. Mm. I was, oh, no, thanks. I appreciate that's nice of you. But you enjoy that, man. I got one here. I've been drinking. I'm good, though. But thanks, man. You just enjoy that one. Well, because usually if you buy uh, a beer at a bar, Tom, they're not going to give it to you closed. You know, they open it there. Yeah, I spit in this fucking guy's face for doing that shit. I'm just like, are you trying to fuck me? And then I spit in his face and called the cops. I said, I asked for a beer, and this son of a bitch opened it. Can you believe it? And then they looked at me like I was the asshole. I don't understand these modern days, Joe. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so that's what I did. How was your week, Tom? It was another one. I uh, finished up in order, so that was good. A custom piece. Bigger than I thought it was going to be, so enjoy it. (laughs) And uh, excuse me, so out of breath again. Mm. And uh, this is the first time in... Months and months and months and months and months and months and months that I don't have any fucking work on the board, Joe. Hmm. And I am uh, broke as shit. And I started sculpting an old Herbert West. And I'm just not liking it because in my mind the whole time, I'm just like, man, why are you doing this? You should just sign up for fucking trans world and sculpt fucking monsters and shit and you know, just set a goal for yourself. Fucking do, do something instead of just making shit and hopes of sales and try something new. So that's what I did, Joe. I'm, uh, you know, shit is what it is. And uh, you can't just wait for things to get better or uh, not. You got to act while you can. So signed up for Trans World. I'll be going to that in, uh, when is it, March? And yeah, the next five or so months. It's sorry if you like DWN for because I made stuff from stuff you liked. Not going to see a lot of that shit for a while because I'm going to be making a bunch of original shit in uh, whew, hopes of pulling the nose up on this plane. That's called DWN Productions. That's going down. So years and years and years I've been saying, man, I got to do this. I got to do this. I kept telling myself no for one reason or another. But yeah, there was stuff that I should have done this year coming up or like back last year. And 
I just didn't because of shit going on. And I'm just like, all right, man, shit's going to happen. Uh, if it does, you're out the money. So fuck it. But yeah, hopefully, uh, knock on wood, this is uh, all for the best. So kind of, I don't want to say nervous or trepidatious about it, but uh, it's like a whole different switch that's kind of going on. So I'm still taking orders and I would still like to make stuff for everybody out there. So uh, don't take this as I'm not making shit or any of that anymore. But I'm uh, yeah. Money somehow within that five month period. So yeah, send <laughs> orders or whatever. And the stuff I'm making, it's not like you're only going to be able to order it at Transworld. I'll be putting this shit on the site and say, hey, you like this? You could fucking buy it. But, yeah, it's going to be, like, original shit. And I got some fucking ideas, Joe. But, like, as I said before, when I bring something or you bring something up on this podcast saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Never fucking happens. Just like that Herbert West started it never gonna fucking happen now so i'm gonna shut my pickle kisser about what i'm gonna fucking plan on making in hopes that i actually do joe but back on the herbert west is okay because you know i don't know how big a seller that would be you know i mean i'm the characters that i've been doing have been okay that's why I picked that. It's like, hey, I don't see anybody doing this, so maybe something. But I was just the same thing that uh, I came in with the CD where it has all those undercuts and the masks and the eyes. Like the glasses were like that, and I was doing it where like you wouldn't be able to see the eyes and just paint the lenses all crazy. And then I tried it where it was just the frames and it was hollow and I don't know. I just wasn't digging it. And truthfully, I was just like, why are you doing this, dude? Just do the goddamn trans world shit, you fucking idiot. So I listened to the voices and did that shit. But, you know, for not having any money and uh, being broke as shit and spending a whole bunch of fucking money that I had to pull out of the old savings, I'm in a pretty good mood, Joe. Again, <laughs> I'm not a miserable fucking. Like a lot, business hasn't been going great and shit, and it's been like irritating me and, you know, just shit gets to you and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Whatever's going to happen, happen. Let's try this fucking shit and make a go of it. Because the way I see it, it's just like, all right, for years and years and years, everybody's telling me, you got to do trans world. That's where you go and make the money, blah, 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 blah. So we'll see if I can't make fucking money at this, then I got to do something else, I guess. Cause I don't fucking, I don't know. Now you'll need to take a whole bunch of shit though. Right. Or uh, the way that I have been told throughout the years, it's like a show where people take orders. Hmm. So I'm going to have like a bunch of shit and different paint jobs. And then I'll have some doubles of stuff. But it's going to be all about like selling shit and taking orders there and then making it through the year and sending it off. I get you. Okay. So you can make like a little catalog then. Yeah. I'll have shit like that and sales sheets. And so February's going to. The slideshow. 
showing stuff. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a 10 by 10 space. So I got to pick and choose, and I figure business will have to go in on this 10 by 10 space. So I'll need some room to actually talk to people to say, oh, yeah, so... Like, it won't be the table set up in front. It'll be, like, an open space, and hopefully I can have, like, a two-foot-by-two-foot table somewhere that, you know, I can sit down and talk to people and write down what they want and shit. But February, that's uh, what it's going to be a lot of, is just getting, like, these sales sheets and flyers and logistics of how I'm going to set it up all all done. So... It's going to be something, uh, something different for sure. I fucking, like, it's fucking fucked to say, but I haven't had, like, an actual goal in a long time. The goal was just, hey, survive. Yeah. But now I actually have, I guess, a pseudo goal. It's just, oh, yeah, go there and fucking don't fail. All right. So we'll see. We'll see. Then with uh, Frightmare coming up at the end of the month, get called in for that. And, oh, great. Here's some more money I don't fucking have. But I don't give a shit. You we don't. got credit cards for. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm going to book the hotel right across from the convention center, too. Oh, my. Fuck. And pay for parking. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, I've been getting these headaches like this whole past week. And I've uh, put it down to maybe one of two things that it could be. One, like you know, I wear these reader glasses, but I've been wearing them a lot lately, you know. So maybe, you know, just the reliance on these things, because they're not uh, prescription or anything. It's just fucking with my eyes and then fucking with my head, you know, right here. It hurts right here. But then I thought, well, maybe it's because I've been doing drinking a little bit early in the day. And then I stop in the evening. So maybe I get a headache because of that. Because either my body wants more alcohol or it's like, hey, you need to go to bed. <laughs> which uh, which I ignore because, you know, I got to record a podcast or some bullshit. And uh, so I either need to go to the optometrist or I need to really cut down on my drinking. So I may be going to the optometrist <laughs> or something. Oh, I've got to show. Fuck, I don't know when I'll be able to make that appointment. I don't know. I don't know. It it uh could be. Do you ever think there was a third option? Nah, because I don't really worry about my health and all that shit. Oh, all right. Really, like, oh, fuck, I got to go check out the doctor for the whole <laughs> more money. You know, oh, I may have something growing in my head. Terrific. Maybe, well, you know, if I can't see it, that's fine. <laughs> Oh, and if it's in your brain, you can't feel it either. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> so you won't know until something alarming happens. <laughs> oh, life's awesome. As long as <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> so joe let me just tell you something mm-hmm. from me to you hey. happy hispanic heritage month joe 
But what it could be, uh, Tom asked me to make a video, but I can't get logged into this thing by myself, so I did not make a video. I didn't bother calling to ask Tom what the passwords were, because it's going to send him a message, and he's going to be either busy or asleep. Uh, Dio mentioned in one of his songs a demon dance, a particular dance done by demons. You know, what is this dance? We don't know. It's one of the great mysteries of heavy metal. But if you can interpret this dance, if you can provide video showing us what is probably the closest resemblance to, that a human could do anyway, not a demon. You know, we're not demons. We probably can't do all the intricacies of this particular dance that we know nothing of. But maybe you can give us a close approximation. And if you do, the winning video will win a box of random shit. What's in this box? It's fucking random. I just said that. You don't know. It's got a big question mark on it. Random, like your demon dance. So send in those videos. Send them in soon. To uh, boygabpod at gmail.com. Uh, you got a phone, you know, most people have the phones with the cameras on there, and then you can open your email and send it right off. So uh, the October 1st show, we will pick a winner. And uh, Joe, again, would you like to demonstrate what your interpretation of the demon dance is? Well, I mean, can't do full body, but I kind of, you know, hop around, you know, skipping my legs in tandem with my hands like this. You know, it's kind of a frolicky, uh, happy-go-lucky demon dance. <laughs> so, uh, please, send in those videos of you doing the demon dance to er, boygabpod at gmail.com. And we'll laugh forevermore. Not now, Joe. What you interpret as the demon dance. And don't use music, because we'll get flagged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sing while you're dancing, that's fine. Fine. But don't have music playing in the if back. Play the guitar or the maracas, that is fine as well. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, would you like to see a uh, submission? Submission? Huh? Of yeah, you are... know, for this contest that we're doing. You already have a submission? No, no one gave a fuck. Okay. Mm. Um, what I want to do is get the fucking tails from the crypt out of the way so I can be interested. <laughs> So go ahead and tell them all about that. Or something, you know. I don't know. You keep cutting out again. Last year, uh, your fucking voice kept going out, and it's doing it again. But let me Didn't take I... a sip of this. And last year? No, I mean last episode. Oh. Like half of what you're saying is coming through. Yeah, I don't know. Me neither. So next week, let's try the laptop again. 
Because no. it could have been my internet the whole time. I don't think so. I think it's the laptop. You sure? Yeah, whenever I switched to fiber, it was, uh, you know, it just takes forever even just to boot up now to get on the internet. All right, then. Well, then we will figure this out. And Joe, you like See, comic books, do you? You're talking like this, too, now. Yeah, so I don't know. Let's We'll find out what it sounds like in the audio. Anybody in the live chat right now, uh, let me know if I'm coming through all right. And also, let me know if Joe is coming through all right and if we aren't. So, or, this episode... This... What? The thing. I was about to do the voice, god damn it. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. So, Joe, Season 2, Episode 5, Three's a Crowd. This one starts out with the Crypt Keeper in... Uh... Oh, shit. Both of your internet sucks. Just a bit of a lag on both sides. Oh, terrific. <laughs> All right, Joe. Tales from the Crypt. Season 2, Episode 5. Three's a crowd. Starts off with the Crypt Keeper. He's uh, wearing some big headphones and spinning a record like he's an old-timey radio DJ. And he says something like, Oh, here's a moldy oldie. <laughs> and then it goes to the episode. This one's about a alcoholic who lost his job, can't find another one, and uh, his wife has been out with one of his friends, but not just any friend, his best man at the wedding. And uh, this guy bought his wife a new jacket. They've been going out a lot, staying out later than they should have. Sounds like secrets are being kept. So uh, they have, it's uh, the married couple's anniversary, Joe, their 10-year anniversary. And uh, for some reason, all three of them go to a cabin to celebrate. And uh, you would think... It would be some cuck thing where the fucking guy's going to whack off in the corner while his wife gets railed. However, that is not the case because he's getting drunk and sleeping in. So the wife and friend leave during the morning and go off and do whatever. So they come back. He's fucking starts drinking again as soon as he wakes up. And he just goes into a blind rage because, God damn it, Joe, he knows they're fucking. He knows it. So he shoots the guy with a fucking crossbow, strangles his wife with a pair of her fucking panties, and then drags the bitch back by her hair like a fucking caveman into the cabin. Lo and behold... There's a whole group of their friends and family there celebrating because the whole time the wife and friend were uh, setting up a surprise anniversary party, Joe. But it wasn't just a surprise anniversary party. It was a surprise party letting him know that the wife was pregnant with his kid. And 
they all seen him fucking drag her dead body in the house. And then the crypt keeper comes back and fucking blows a horn and goes, <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. This one's all right. I mean, it's probably a lot better when you watch it the first time and don't know exactly what's going to happen. Because once you know what's up, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an all right episode, but it's kind of one of those that you can only watch once. So. It was good, not terrible. They didn't speak like fucking birds and blokes, so that was nice. Would recommend this one, especially if you've never seen it before, Joe. I've read that story. You remember this one? Was it in Shock Suspense stories? Yeah. All bullshit. It's fucking terrible. (laughs) Well, it is what it is, Joe. What did you watch? Okay, so I don't know if I should pause, like, 20 seconds before starting to talk so uh i don't know tom fuck this i watched the dark crystal this is a jim henson production you know the guy that made the muppets and uh yoda and all that shit so jim henson and frank oz they decided hey we're successful puppeteers let's make this fantasy movie about a dark crystal so this crystal, Tom, I don't know, it lands on this planet with some puppets that are look like vultures or something like that. They're, I don't know, vultures have possession of this dark crystal. And I don't know what kind of power it gives them or whatever, but uh, they control the world because they have this dark crystal. The only thing is, there's a piece of it missing, Tom. And there's a prophecy that says this Gelfling is uh, supposed to reunite this missing shard with the crystal. And that's supposed to do something. I don't know. But there's some old wizards that live with these Gelflings. And they're trying to teach this one Gelfling, like, hey, be a good Gelfling or something. We're too old to go against these vulture guys. You know, we can't do anything. We can't, you know, move fast. Or use our spells or anything. But, you know, it's your duty to go find this shard and reunite it with the crystal. So, the vulture creatures send some crab-like guys to go and kill this dude. And anybody else that gets in their fucking way. So, he runs off. He finds the crystal. Meets up with a chick gelfling that can fly. Kinda fly. Maybe glide a little. Anyway, they go and like the the wizards, they start walking to the vulture castle too. And every time one of the vultures dies, one of the wizards dies too. Um, but anyway, he reunites it with the thing and the, the old wizards get there and they start using all this power and shit all of a sudden that seemed to come from nowhere. And, uh, and everything's all right again. All the... The vulture guys and the wizard guys, they kind of like meld together, Tom. And it's sending this message that we're all in this together. Only we can make things right by working with the people that are different than us. Uh, This is a pretty fucking boring movie. It is very, very slow. And I appreciate puppetry and like they made some big sets for this thing. And uh, 
it looks all right. I'm not real sold on people saying, oh, I mean, the, the Gelflings especially, they look terrible. They move fucking awkwardly. It just, you know, I'm not sold on that. The, the vulture creatures, they look all right. But uh, this is definitely not Jim Henson's best work. I mean, just go back and watch the Muppet show or the Muppet movie, any of them. And uh, you'll be better off than this, man. This is boring. Put me to sleep twice. That's not a record. But still, it put me to sleep twice. Yeah, I saw this one for the first time a couple to a few years ago in the theater. It was one of those one-night engagement things, and Lori was a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the uh, same boat as you. Some of the stuff's like, oh, look at that artwork and craftsmanship. That's, yeah, that's cool. But it's long and boring. Pretty sure it's for girls. And if you didn't grow up fucking liking this shit, mm, there's other shit with puppets you can watch. Like you said. Uh, If I remember the vulture creatures, are named Skeksis. Does Skeks. that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the... yeah. I like this, Trump! I don't know. Some kind of high... Wasn't it like... Doesn't their heads move all fucking like they're always sucking dicks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're head bobbers for sure. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you're abroad and you've never watched it, give it a shot if you wear a bow tie and you never watched it give it a shot but i don't know i it was whatever craftsmanship and i think just last year they did a series on netflix that follows up on it or something but how can you follow up on it if they fucking resolved everything at the end of this movie i don't know and i'm not gonna find out because i got no interest in watching that shit yeah, I don't really even remember what happened. I think the movie is like little trans puppet goes out on a quest and meets like all different other puppets. And uh, in the end, he finds what is probably a lady puppet, but they look very sensually ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about all I remember from that shit. And then the name of the fucking dick sucking birds, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, most birds are dick suckers anyways. Right, right, mate. Yeah, but if you people like it, who are we to judge? You know, enjoy. Enjoy if this is your thing. Yeah, like what you like. I don't give a fuck. It's all just bullshit. DWNproductions.net. That's all I give a fuck about. Go over there and show me that you give a fuck by giving me all your money. Oh, shit. It's me now, huh? You. All right. Let me pop this bad boy open because this might be a longing. Mm. Mm. So, Joe, as we talked about a couple months ago, I went out and bought one of those PlayStation 5s. Haven't haven't watched anything on it except for a couple DVDs of pornography. But that's neither here 
nor there, Joe. So uh, last week, Thursday it was, Mortal Kombat 1 came out. Have you heard of this? Mortal Kombat 1, I have heard of this. And yes, I actually... This is... That you uh, had mentioned on the last episode with uh, with our friend of the show, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, yes. Uh, there is a skin that came with the premium edition that uh, you can play as Johnny Cage, but uh, it's a JCVD skin, and he voices it. And when we left last week, I said, hmm, doesn't really look like him. So I played the game. He is in that skin is my main, as the kids call it, as in the character you mostly play with. And uh, looks a lot better. You know, there's still some spots here and there where it's like, mm, but a lot better looks wise than I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, us being super fans and all, I noticed they don't have that Easter egg on his head that he's had forever so uh that was smoothed out in this but besides that it's pretty it's pretty fucking good it looks like him for the most part like i said a couple things here and there voice works great uh some of these lines you hear for the first time i fucking laughed out loud like, there's a brutality, and I think all the characters have. They uppercut and knock your fucking head clean off like classic Johnny Cage fucking fatality. And then he just fucking, like a chair, a movie set chair comes out. Someone throws him a water, and he just says something like, oh, I have a good day, asshole. Just little things like that that made me fucking laugh because it's actually dude fucking saying it and... If you didn't know, uh, originally Mortal Kombat was supposed to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme video game, and he was going to be the Johnny Cage character and all that. But he turned that shit down, so here we are 30 years later, and it's come full circle. So that was cool. The gameplay, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty much a modern Mortal Kombat fucking gameplay the graphics are all right for a next-gen system. You know, you'd think you'd be like, oh, fuck, mind-blowing. There was some spots I was impressed with visual-wise, but we'll get to that in a minute. But, like, gameplay visuals and shit, it's pretty good. It's not fucking hell yeah, this is dope. But it's pretty good, like uh, Reptile. He, in the middle of combos and doing moves and shit, he'll change from human and uh, Zeteran form. And that looks fucking really cool and shit. Uh, some of the colors are all right. Like, I wasn't really sold on this game ever since they started promoting it. Because it's more like a happy, you know, uh, tranquil type game. Like, I don't know. The color palettes, the character designs, not fuck. fuck. And the story, again, like uh, last, uh, like we talked about, what, two, three years ago, the how it ended. It was just like, yeah, they're setting this up to be like some MCU shit and 
Yeah, the story is this is uh the timeline. We're in this new timeline that Luke Kang built after defeating Kronika in the last game, and now he's the keeper of time and he's trying to make this peaceful world and so it's all right, like shit skewed Scorpion and Sub Zero, like uh I forget fucking scorpion's real name i think it's henzo hasashi that's not scorpion uh yes he's uh he's Kwai liang so that's sub-zero too and then bihan that's original sub-zero he's sub-zero in this game game and then fucking smoke is just some guy named thomas so <laughs> they're all in the lin kuei and so the Scorpion and Sub-Zero rivalry, it happens in this new timeline, but it's kind of different, and it's just, mm, whatever. Uh, everything I know, times change, and it's dumb to say, oh, this shit's woke. Oh, you're a little Momo. Why would you put this in the game? Well, it's a fucking modern game. It's for modern people. This is just what the world is now. So, I mean, the story was full of that shit. Like, we didn't have to know that Melina was in a lesbian interracial relationship. Like, that's that's nothing to the story. You're just putting that in there to say, see, it's inclusive and shit, right? It's just like it's not. The game's not about sucking and fucking. So what? what's the point of that? And just like the last games, it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's ju- it just feels nerfed is a new term that people are using where it's just like a little softened, a little toned down so it doesn't really offend anybody. And, you know, it's just all, it's all good fun. Isn't it crazy how gory it is? So I don't know. I was rolling my eyes a lot at the story mode, and it wasn't just good. So Liu Kang's doing his new fucking world where everybody's happy, living peacefully, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out, Joe, that there's multiverses out there. In the timeline where Shang Tsung won the last tournament, ooh, he's coming with all his bad guys to take over this timeline. Oh, it's whatever. And then the fucking end of this, the story is like Mortal Kombat Armageddon. So again, they go back to the well. Thought this was going to be a whole new thing. No, just kidding. We're going to use the last ounce of Mortal Kombat story we had left from fucking back in the day and reuse that shit again. But that's it. Like, after that, they have Mortal Kombat vs. DC, and then they have Mortal Kombat 9, which is them just retelling the first three Mortal Kombats again. So after this, unless they're going to fucking remake Mortal Kombat vs. DC's story, which is the only Mortal Kombat game I've never bought and played because it was PG or rated teen, and it's Mortal Kombat jumping a fucking lake. I'm not having anything to do with that shit so unless they're gonna re-fucking do that story they gotta 
go in a whole new direction but who cares because when there's all these timelines nothing means anything and if you don't really care for the characters in this new story what does it fucking matter so i thought the story was pretty fucking weak uh the gameplay's fine i have fun with it and shit uh it's just it is what it is when you don't really care about the character designs the stories and you know the levels i don't really give a shit about it's it's another more it's another modern mortal combat and if you're all in for that great but i don't know it just doesn't feel like it's all the way there like it's missing something it doesn't have that charm and I don't know. It's okay. It's a fun game to play, but I'm. I'm. If fucking JCVD wasn't a fucking skin and a playable character in this game, Joe, I don't know if I would be saying as much good shit about it as I have been. To be fucking honest with you, because that was one of the main selling points. And he said, "All right, fuck it. I'm gonna get this shit." Because, like I said, all the trailers and everything, I was just like. Mm, whatever do they introduce any new characters no man there's not even like a new main villain it's just shang sung and he's not like super powerful or anything and uh no it's just all reimagined characters from previous games so Hmm. and yeah there's a new feature called cameo but it's just a glorified special move it's like you pick your main fighter and then you pick a secondary fighter that just like comes out and does one of their special moves is like a extra attack it's not like you can actually play as them so that was fucking whatever i mean at least sectors one he's like fucking my number two it'd be like cabal then Sector, then it would probably be Johnny Cage. So first two fucking people I usually play with aren't in this game. So right there, it's against it. Luckily, I said the JCVD skin. But yeah, it's all just a little a little too happy and, I don't know, just nerfed. That's a pretty good game for it. And it's just miss, or a pretty good name for it. And it's just it's missing something the it factor i think wrestling fans would call it but the game itself it's fun to play and all that shit it's just the story mode's kind of weak and i don't care for the tone and the atmosphere i guess are the two words i was looking for but i'm a fucking mark like i said so i spent fucking like 700 bucks or whatever it was to get this fucking system in the game to fucking play this shit and who knows when i'll play it again joe (laughs) (laughs) oh that was pathetic tom i finished season two of foundation this is uh one of the apple plus original series uh i've been telling myself hey you need to keep 
get rid of Apple Plus, but they keep on putting something on there that I want to watch. And this show is one of them. As you know, pretty much a repeat of what I said about season one. I dig this shit. If you're into uh, science fiction that's more than just people shooting each other with lasers or fighting with laser swords, then this show is very expansive on story, characterization, all that shit. It looks good. It's acted like these people act their asses off. They're really fucking good. Uh, some of it doesn't look good with the with the blue screen or whatever you call that shit. Green screen, green jeans, whatever you want to call it. It uh, sometimes <laughs> But it looks a lot better than a lot of, you know, big production movie stuff that I see. You know, like, looks better than, like, there's been moments in, like, the uh, Marvel movies where it's just like, oh, fuck. I mean, they didn't, nobody noticed that, you know, how bad that looks. They didn't fucking, like, like send that back. It's like, hey, you fuckers, redo this shit. This looks awful. No, I guess not. They just let it pass, slip by. Um yeah, not much that I'm going to say about this because, like, you know, when you talk about a whole fucking season, that's, that's a lot of shit that happened, you know? And this isn't one you can just jump into. If you haven't seen the first season, you're going to be lost as fuck. So I'd recommend if you have Apple Plus or Apple TV, whatever it's called, it's the one with the Apple with, with the piece bitten out of it. That's their logo. Click on that and... You know, watch Foundation, man. Watch Found. Don't watch Invasion. That's one that they try to sell you. Hey, if you like this, you will like this. No, you won't. Okay, just stick with Foundation. Invasion can go fuck itself. Sounds like a real winner there, Joe. You wouldn't like it. I've got Unum. Well, I don't fucking like anything because I'm a miserable bitch, you see. Right. And yeah, this fucking. Well, not like I listen to this show anyway, but I'm sure the sound quality and us fucking like with this lag and everything is going to be wonderful. Yeah, we'll try and figure it out some day this week. We'll fuck with it. So, Joe, I watched one more movie. It is called Blood Nasty. And this is about a uh, a fella who uh, goes out a robin with his uh, buddy and his buddy's girlfriend. So uh, they kill some guy. They're going to steal his fucking pinky ring or some shit and bury him in the desert. But uh, turns out the buddy and his girlfriend double cross him. So they kill him and bury him in the same grave with that guy. And uh, they take his ring and escape. And then you see a plane flying overhead, which seems like it just happened. This is supposed to be like hours have passed. And the buddy and the buddy's girlfriend are on this plane. They just happen to be flying over where they bury that. And the plane explodes, Joe. And the ring that they stole falls right back down and lands on the shallowy buried bodies tales from the crypt 
So fucking guy's hand gets the fucking ring. He's reanimated. He's walking around town with this fucking pipe that they fucking stab through him. He goes to a chop shop, gets the pipe cut out, and goes back home. But what's been going on back home, Joe, is uh, they find out about his death. Who is they? His mother, his sister, the sister's boyfriend, and his girlfriend who lives in like a camper on their driveway or front lawn. And uh, they're informed, like, oh, hey, your son and slash boyfriend's dead. But luckily, he had an insurance policy. Here's a million dollars or whatever the fuck it was. But now he's back from the dead. And some of them are mad. Some of them are happy because they want that money. But he's also back from the dead, Joe. Turns out. He's not the only one inhabiting this body, you see. The gentle fellow who was murdered by them and buried with him, he is also inhabiting this guy's body. And he's a Colombian serial killer, Joe. Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. And uh, he has a psychic girlfriend stripper. Played by your boy, Linnea, call me Quiggles, Quigley. And uh, the first shot you see is like a worm's eye view upper asshole. So you see her fucking butt cheeks, colon, and tits. You don't see the face. And I was just like, is this old Quiggles? It was, Joe. It was. So she fucking goes wearing her hooker costume to fucking this family's house and just moves in and hilarity ensues, Joe. It was all right. If you couldn't tell, it is a uh, horror comedy. Uh, You know, if you like goofy bullshit, check it out. The mom's pretty funny. She reminds me of the mom from Skin Deep and uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, the mom from that, where she just says, like, ridiculous bullshit. Oh, listen, you fucking dick-licking jag-off. Like, just shit like that that ladies shouldn't be saying that always cracks me up when it's done in a movie. But when I hear ladies talking like that in real life, I'm always like, I think I'm gay. Not not appealing when you talk like that, ladies. Just just know that shit. But yeah, it was worth a watch. Uh, makeup effects or gore, it's all right. There's some, but it's all right. This is more just to be played for laughs and shit. I don't think this was ever released in the U.S., I watched a pretty muddy version of it on YouTube, and the only posters I could find was, I don't know, some fucking Swahili bullshit or whatever fucking third world country did up these posters or whatever. But it's worth the watch. I could definitely see Vinegar Syndrome or one of their partner labels putting this shit out. So uh, if they do, I'll check it out when it's on sale because it's definitely not worth fucking 35 bucks or whatever the fuck it would be but you know if you could watch a nice cleaned up version for 15 to 20 bucks i say yeah check it out but it's on youtube for free 
You just go <laughs> watch it there now and say, hey, this is YouTube. What the fuck is my seeing this lady's asshole and nipples for? This is this is something. I'm calling the police. And then you can call the police and report this movie that nobody's ever heard of called Blood Nasty. Thank you. Tom, I got a little cultured this weekend. And uh, me and the wife went out to the ballet. Yes. Tom, if you're unaware, ballet is uh, when a story is interpreted through dance. So this particular ballet was Dracula. Yes, Tom. The classic story of a vampire interpreted through dance. And uh, as most ballets are, Tom, as you're very familiar with, you know, living in your idyllic community with a, you know, beautiful river close by it, very cultured. Uh, ballet is separated into three acts. Um, so this first act took place in Dracula's castle. And Dracula's there, and he's surrounded by his brides. He's got 16 of them, if I counted correctly. And they're dancing around, but Dracula's kind of bored with these bitches, as Dracula's tend to do. He gets bored no matter what they're doing with their dancing. You know, some of them are flying through the sky, as vampire ladies can do, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, he just wants some... You know, he wants a new bride, Tom. He wants a new bride. Hey, lo and behold, here comes Renfield in a carriage. Spins around and he throws out this new bitch. And Dracula has to seduce her through the power of dance, Tom. And she has to run away from him through the power of dance. So they are, you know... You know, legs out and kicking up and like throwing people in the air. It's all quite beautiful, Tom. Uh, accompanied by live orchestra. And the music, I gotta say, the music was fucking outstanding. Uh, but there was one refrain that they did that was just Wendy Carlos's uh, music for The Shining. You know, so hope Wendy Carlos doesn't get hold of this because, you know, she might sue them. But anyway, Dracula finally, you know, bites her. And that's it. She's uh, now a vampula, a vampula, a Dracula. <laughs> Curtain closes. We go back <laughs> so I can get another beer. Um, Curtain opens, Tom. Act two. Act two is in the village. Um, everybody's frolicking around and dancing and, you know. Uh, we're introduced to a young lady and her beau, this guy that is trying to court her. But her father, this guy gets a big shot in the town. He's kind of a stern gentleman and doesn't want anybody Ooh. to be daughter. So everybody dances for a very long time. Everybody's given their solo during this. Finally, the dad acquiesces. Yes, you can marry the daughter. And so there's some more dancing, celebratory dancing, Tom. Everybody's a spinning and around and uh, pirouetting here and there. 
But then Dracula appears as day turns into night. And Dracula, already bored with his new bride, wants this villager girl. I'm taking this girl. Ooh, uh, 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 uh. He doesn't laugh because this is all interpreted through dance. So he has to go like, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's running away from him. The villagers are trying to stop him. But in comes Renfield with the carriage. Dracula throws her ass in there and he's gone. Close curtain. Go downstairs to the lobby for another beer. I'm thinking, fuck, how much money have I spent so far? Too much. Uh, curtain opens on Act 3. Back in Dracula's castle. And it's the whole seduction thing again. As the brides dance around, he is seducing the young villager girl. And right before he's going to put his dick in her, in comes uh, the father and uh, the the groom to be and uh, the priest there's a priest with a cross i'm thinking he's italian even though he's got like a i don't know maybe like a hasidic hat do they wear hats not just the skull <laughs> you know what i'm talking about well anyway oh he wouldn't have a cross if he was hasidic but anyway he's just wearing the hat for fashion's sake i would think and uh so there's a lot of fighting interpreted through dance, Tom. They're not really fighting or anything. It's just uh, a bunch of movements, kind of like wrestling, we'd say. You know, it's not really real, you know, unless you fall from the top of a cage or something. You know, shit happens once in a while. Nobody happened to fall from the wires that were pulling them up in the air or anything. That would have been interesting. It would, uh, But all that, you know... Uh, they finally defeat Dracula at the end. Everybody comes and takes a long, very... <laughs> and uh, like I said, the music in, on this was great. The sets were outstanding. Uh, some of the dancing was tremendous. But to me, it wasn't standing ovation tremendous. A lot of people did stand up, you know, oh, bravo, bravo. I stayed in my seat, Tom. Um, you know, that was good. That was good. Uh, it was good, but wasn't the best, you know. I think it could have been just a little better. Um, I don't know. The ballet, Tom. Bringing culture to DWN. Boy gob dot whatever it's called. The, the Dunn's I don't know. Yeah, Dracula. Dallas Theater Company, I think it was, at the Windspear Opera House. And you know what? This place isn't even a house. Why do they call it an opera house? It's a big stage. It's a big performance hall. Not a house. Nobody lives there. You know, I didn't see a bedroom or anything that wasn't, like, part of a set. But, uh, but yeah, I would recommend it. You know, if you got cash to spare, which I guess I did when I bought the tickets. Mm. But the wife enjoyed Do you remember what they went for? No. But we had fancy box seats. I didn't know I'd bought fancy box seats, though. So. So you could probably get a hand job during it. The boring parts. 
Mm, I don't know. I, uh, the lady that was sitting in front of me. There were other people in there with you? Yeah, there was like. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> the box seats had one, two, three, eight. You know, I guess you had to spend uh, all kinds of money to have a box that was just with like two chairs or something or whatever. I don't know. No, that's disappointing. Yeah, kind of like this. Uh, well, Joe, did you watch anything else? Did not. Well, Joe, then let's uh, go over here for a second and uh, oh, talk about uh. Talk about this one, Joe, a movie that was released in, I think, uh, 2011. This is a prequel to John Carpenter's movie, The Thing. And in this one, we find out what all the hullabaloo was about over at the old Norwegian camp, Joe. It turns out it wasn't really a Norwegian camp. There was like maybe two Weegians over there. Then some British guys, some American, African-American. Just one, though. And a dog. Not the same type of dog that's right there. That was in the last movie and the first movie. Looked Mm -hmm. different. I don't know what they were thinking. But maybe we'll get into that. So in this one, the old Weegians find a spaceship buried in the snow and this time we actually go underneath the snow and see the spaceship because it's 2011 and those were the days still are the days where we just use cg to show you that shit so we go underneath see their independence day or id4 as i call it spaceship and there's a monster. They unfreeze him, bring it back to the camp. It starts melting. The monster pops out, and now they gotta romp around the fucking facility looking for this monster. Who's the monster? Am I the monster? Are you the monster? Hey, you got any fillings in that mouth? Let me see. We're not gonna do the blood test in this with the hot wire poker and sticking the blood because they did that in the last movie but hey all this other stuff we're doing they did in the last movie too shut up you open your mouth and let me see your fillings so they do that and then a bunch of just awful awful terrible cgi monsters are just romping around you know being an effects guy practical effects making masks and all that shit of course i'm not the biggest fan of cgi but i can appreciate it it's a tool in your filmmaking toolbox like everything else is however this stuff was just not done well at all Uh, There were composite shots where they put, like, the human actors and blend it with the CG. And you can tell it's two different layers. The coloring's all off, and it just looks not good. Very, you know, you hear this, oh, it looked like a video game cutscene. 
it looked like a video game cutscene from two different systems layered on top of each other to try and make one fucking monster composite. It was very, very unappealing to the fucking eyes. Uh, and I think it was Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr., their company, and all the people they had working for them at the time made these fucking great monster appliances and like actual practical monsters that did shit. The designs, they're, they are what they are. You know, I think the designs of the monsters look a lot better in the thing, but, you know, designs aside, they looked good and they were real. They looked much better than the CGI that they ended up using so they built all this stuff and i guess the producer said fuck you we're doing it cgi okay <laughs> so that's what we got and uh it's another one of these movies where uh well i i know i've seen the movie that comes after this because this is a prequel so i know what's gonna happen but they kind of cheap out with, oh, mate, we'll let the lady live. And then you find out who the helicopter people were from the other one. And it's who gives a fuck because it's a totally different looking dog running away. And in the end, we got, a, you know, a pretty garbage ass forgettable fucking movie that, uh, the only reason it has anything anywhere is because it has the thing named to it. Contrary, though, like I do with all of these, again, Thursday night is the movie night with my mom. So she watched this one. She had a great time with the last one, the John Carpenter one. She had a great time with that one. She liked this one, too. She had a good time with it, and she was going, oh, the jump scares and all that. So I guess for your average moviegoer, non-horror fan, this was a fine movie that will never be watched again by them. But, uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of who gives a fuck because of that awful ugly cgi just fucks everything up if it wasn't for that and they used the practical effects we would have an okay movie it wouldn't be fucking great it wouldn't be like oh you gotta see this but it would be better than what we fucking got granted it's hard to live up to what fucking john carpenter made before this but man this is just lousy lousy shit so joe now i'm gonna pause for a couple seconds and let you talk about this movie so tom yeah i agree with uh just about everything you said there uh a little bit more on the story so these norwegians not being good at science i guess call in this young cute girl science lady to come and uh, advise them. But as soon as she does, they just shut her down. Hey, shut up. All right, woman. Don't contradict me, woman. And she's just there pretty much for that person and to carry the film. She is the lead in this. 
And uh, one of the things I mentioned about uh, the Carpenter film is that everybody sold it. You know, they, they were perfect for their role. They, they made you believe, yeah, this could be this person, you know, at this facility or whatever, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of like already on each other's nerves as anybody would be from working in a place like that and just stuck with each other. Nobody in this one had any kind of authenticity like that. I didn't believe for a second that any of them would be working in this field, in this place that they were, you know, doing the job that their roles, you know, said they were, uh, and because of that, I really didn't give a shit. You know, everything that, that Carpenter did, like building the paranoia, they tried to do that here. Hey, any one of us could be this thing. So what? Who cares? Um, there is stuff that's just, you know, like you said, it's it's seen, it's shot for shot. Like, okay, you're not making a remake here or wait are you because this is the exact same thing you know down to the the flamethrower not working now you know it's framed like we're all standing around this alien body you know it's the same shots and it's like well why this is not a remake that's what you were saying this is not a remake this is a prequel you fucking managed to do both but you managed to do both very very poorly and like Tom said, like, oh, we didn't kill the girl. You know, we didn't kill her. Well, what the fuck happened to her? She just froze out there. They don't know. They don't show it. Uh, yeah, this this is just, that's not a good movie. You know, and I know it has some defenders, you know, saying, oh, well, people don't like it because the other one was so good. Yeah, the other one was so good. So you definitely have something to live up to when you're trying to make something, you know, that's connected to it. No, didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just really who, who gives a fuck? Uh, I saw this in the theater. I don't remember a lot of people being there on the way home. I, uh, got a, a flat tire. It was one of these, uh, uh, midnight showings the thursday before so it was like two o'clock in the morning i didn't have the tools to switch it i had to call triple a and then the guy came out and got the uh spare or whatever the fuck on there it's like god damn it i don't have any cash on me he was like oh that's all right there's a gas station up there you can just you follow you up there and you can go to the atm <laughs> fucking made him sure he followed me to that gas station joe <laughs> it was fine i appreciated it so i didn't mind doing it but still it was just like you motherfucker and uh, i forgot to pull it before um uh we did this whatever this is here uh they were promoting this heavily at comic shops by sending comic shops these paper bags that they you can put your purchases in that said the thing only in theaters whenever the fuck so i'll pull that out and throw it into the mystery box of shit so you'll know what one of the things are if you enter the contest and win but uh 
Yeah, a lot of just who gives, who just yeah, you you fucked up and you fucked up. I guess uh all the practical effects that uh were unused in this movie they used in the movie Harbinger Down, which I remember you watching and not saying great things about. So yeah. there's that. Uh, if you go on YouTube or search unused things again, 2011, I think there's a video of like all their behind the scenes footage of them making the shit and doing the stuff and all that. So that is. Watch that instead of this fucking movie, for sure. Unless you've never seen it, and you just have to. That's the only people I can recommend watching this movie. Or if you don't watch fucking horror monster movies, and you might like it, my mom did. But for me, this is a no for me, dog. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, Joe, you like Spider-Man? Hey. But anyway... Starting next week, we're going to be moving on to the Stepfather films. There's three of them, and Tom informs me that there was a remake, which I was unaware of. That one is not streaming, but we'll figure that out in four weeks when we get to it. Tom, over in Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh... Let me see, because these are very forgettable. Peter Parker and Flash Thompson are out at the park when there's uh, some cult leaders, a man and a woman, masked, talking to the masses, to the crowds. And Flash Thompson is like, I recognize that voice. Oh, it's Shashan. Yep, that chick that he just found married and working in that restaurant. Well, turns out her husband is this cult leader that's been like, uh, I don't know, cult leader, mobster or something. And when he's in contact with Shashan, they have some kind of powers that they can, I don't know, shoot energy blasts with or something. Spider-Man's fights them and Flash Thompson is kind of fighting them too. And... Uh, I don't remember if they resolved this or it ended in a cliffhanger because I didn't give a fuck. This sucked. Big cliffhanger. We were left on a cliffhanger last time when uh, the hitman was flying away with J. Jonah Jerklin in his gyrocopter. Take it away, Tom. Fuck. All right. So, uh, it ended with uh last issue ended with the Punisher just firing wildly into the air, trying to hit old Bret Hart while he was dangling Jameson and Spider-Man was like, no. So in this one, it starts out with Spider-Man going, Hey buddy, relax with your shooting. We don't want to hurt any innocence here. And Punisher's like, Ugh. I guess you're right. I'll cease my firing for now, but vengeance will reign again. Spider-Man's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. All right, let's go, go get him. I put a spider tracker on him. Turns out old shit man throws the tracker off, and uh, 
what the fuck happens. They go to the Statue of fucking Liberty and they have a battle there and then a fucking good stun situation happens where fucking Punisher has to choose between saving the hitman who turns out it was a war buddy from Vietnam who saved old Frank's life at one time. And he says, oh, you don't have to repay me now. But in time, I may come to you for a favor. Ha, ha, ha. And then he threw a smoke bomb on the ground and disappeared until 20 years later when he resurfaced at the Statue of Liberty, clinging for his life, saying, Franklin, help me. Remember, I saved from you. Save a life. And Frank says, I'll do you, I'll do you one better. I'll save two. And he saves Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson. And Hitman's like, huh, well, you know what? I didn't say it had to be my life. I guess the debt's paid. I'll let go and kill myself. And then he splats on the fucking, because, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, I can just jump into the ocean, treat it like a high dive. I'll just do the little diving form. And now it's, you'll fucking, I'm not a physicist, but it doesn't work that way. Watch the documentary, The Bridge, for more <laughs> information on failed bridge divers. <laughs> but yeah, uh. Another just fucking amazing episode of Spider-Man. I loved it. Len Wein, better than Stan Lee could ever have dreamed of. And that Ross Andrew, mm-mm-mm, loved it. Can't wait for next week's issue, Joe. I hope it's as amazing, spectacular, and probably another one, Web Warrior, as this issue was. Uh just a little something else that happened there is uh Harry Osborne went berserk and beat the shit out of his psychiatrist. And he's laughing about it. And then we just see kind of a shadow person. Yeah. And I believe this was what, issue 175? Yeah. Okay, so this was before Marvel was milking you every 25 issues. You know, every, you know now it's every 25 issues is going to be a double-sized anniversary issue and they're going to jack up the price they weren't doing that at this time they saved it for like i think every 50 or maybe even a, a hundred but uh because i don't think 50 was double sized or 150 um but anyway back then they were just doing reprints on those double sized shit anyway uh yeah not good <laughs> not good 175 issues of not good I'll still stick with that issue when uh, Mysterio was playing a psychologist. That one was pretty good. It was different, you see. It, it wasn't was. the old oh, oh, Stan Lee's playing his, oh, we're on a movie set. Eh, this was different. This one, we're in a psychiatrist's office. <laughs> oh, fucking prick. Hey, Joe, you like lists? list that we've done before yeah i don't think we've done this list we have 
Fuck, you should have told me. Said, hey, fat boy, we did this one now. I just realized it as I was doing it today. But at number five, I'm not sure this one was on my list last time. What uh, is this list, Joe? You said uh, comedies. No, comedians. Oh. <laughs> well. See, I don't think we did this list before. You want to take a quick couple minutes to write a top five list? And I'll bullshit with these fine, fine people for a minute about uh, DWN Productions. Halloween's coming up. You know, check the website out. Maybe you follow me on social media and saw a mask that isn't on the website. Like one of those fine, fine depression masks. You can hit me up. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh, honestly, I don't check my uh, messages on Facebook and Instagram as regularly as I do. But I try and do it once in the morning and once at night. The once at night one is coming up. Teehee. So just uh, hit me up with a message. Like I said, Halloween's coming up and I'm broke as fuck. Nothing sadder than a fat fuck mask maker with no jobs and Halloween just around the corner. But like I said, really don't give a fuck. I feel a lot like Peter Gibbons in uh, Office Space after he got hypnotized and that fat bitch died in front of him. He's like, I don't give a good goddamn son. That's me right now. It'll wear off and the fucking parade parade of misery will roll back in the streets of town, Tom, once again. But as of now, it is at bay. And after that, head on over to Fast Custom Shirts and buy a shirt for Halloween. But not just any shirt, a spooktacular shirt. If you head on over to Fast Custom Shirts, I would say there would be no less than 500 spooktacular shirts to choose from over at FastCustomShirts.com. Juan wakes up at the ass crack of dawn every day, brews himself a pot, ten fucking pots of coffee, takes those fuckers to the head and tirelessly makes shirts from dawn till dusk. And after that, he turns into a vampire, flies into a coffin, sleeps it off, and does it again the next day. So again, fastcustomshirts.com for all your t-shirt needs even custom t-shirts it's in the name custom fast questionable but custom shirts definitely fastcustomshirts.com dwnproductions.net mask bus props used to say special effects but i don't really care to go on set these days and fuck around with imbeciles who don't know what they're doing <laughs> but that's all right i'll still fuck with some people the job has to be fucking cool and something i want to do though because you know i could be miserable at home joe but it looks like you might be done and ready to go are you or should i continue blathering on about something no but i can't remember any uh 
any names or anything. I'll just say it's, you know, this guy or this guy or whatever. But at number five, at Rodney Dangerfield, the guy that got no respect. Did you ever see that movie Rover Dangerfield? The animated Rodney Dangerfield movie? He was a dog. He was named Rover. Rover mm-hmm. Dangerfield. Well, Joe, my number five is uh i guess you consider him a stand-up comedian but he was also a magician and he is also no longer with us we talked about him before he had uh he had like dueling documentaries he was shooting with him making uh everybody's life miserable and shit but uh the Amazing Jonathan, my number five, if you've never seen his comedy special. Comedy Central special, check it out. It is a hoot. At number four, Tom, I have Stephen Wright. He would make observations, you see. Funny witticisms about things we say. He was also the guy on the couch from the hit motion picture, Half to Bay Joe. My number four, I have Rich Voss, a New York comedian, been doing it for a while, used to smoke mad crack. Now he doesn't. Rich Voss, he talks like this and shit. Because he used to be a drug addict and got all new teeth. Would recommend. <laughs> Number three, have Eddie Murphy did some great stand-up specials in the 80s, but then took Hollywood by storm. Didn't do too much stand-up after that. He was in Pluto Nash, you know. My number three. I just watched his newest special this week. I should have talked about it this past week. I watched a uh, few new specials that came out. Watched Ari Shafir's Jew. Pretty good. Watch uh, uh, 30 Minutes. It's a series that uh, this podcast network was at Gas Digital was putting out. It was like uh, six comics doing 30 minutes. I watched uh, the column Turo. Kurt Metzger, Dave Smith, and uh, Louis J. Gomez. They were all pretty decent. I think uh, the Kurt Metzger one was my favorite out of the four. And uh, what else did I watch? I watched Joe List's newest one. That one was pretty good. And uh, I also watched Dog Belly, the newest one from Pig Gay Oinkerson. If you go on YouTube, you can check it out. It's uh, Dog Belly. It's a reference to uh, Michael Jackson having vitiligo and uh, how his penis probably resembles that of a belly of a dog, Joe. At number two, you have a guy whose name I don't remember at all. You know, I think maybe he was associated with Howard Stern at one point but now does pretty big uh, stand-up specials on his own. And uh, I can't remember a one of them, but I think most of them are on Netflix, including a new one that just came out maybe a month ago. Can't remember his name at all. Fuck it. 
that guy. He's pretty good. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, I'm not a big Howard Stern guy, so I can't really help you with that. Sorry, dog. My number two, another one that is no longer with us. Depending on the day, I could tell you that this guy was number one. And it is the vampire dog himself, Joe, Norm MacDonald. We lost him about two years ago, and I hope to Christ that somebody finds him soon. Thoughts and prayers. At number one, I have Dave Chappelle. His stand-up makes me laugh. He was in Half Baked with Stephen Wright, you know. Was. He sure was. <laughs> Joe, my number one, the late great Patrice O'Neill. That dude was the fucking shit. Lost him way too soon because he was a big, fat, diabetic fuck. And uh, I see my life going, going the same way his had. So, rest in empowerment. If you've never checked out Patrice's shit, you're probably a fucking asshole. But you should, because it's all good shit. Probably uh, most well-known for the Pepsi-Cola rapist joke, because that was on Comedy Central. Or maybe fighting what's funny with some stupid fucking white bitch on Fox News. That also might be one of his claim to fames, but Patrice O'Neill, good shit. But again, depending on the day, Norm McDonald, Norm MacDonald could take the number one spot. But Joe, after a pause, what are we going to do next week? Well, first of all, apologies to my good friend, Wanda Sykes. Sorry you didn't make the list, Wanda. Uh, Maybe next time. <laughs> Join us next week when we discuss our favorite performances from Luis Guzman. <laughs> Again, uh, yeah, fastcustomshirts.com. Get your shirts, get them fast, literally thousands of designs up there for fucking like 15 bucks and you can't even find that shit anymore or for that price so uh part of me if you're bored and you got fucking time on your hands just browse through fastcustomshirts.com find everything you like say add to cart and once you have 700 shirts in your cart then go through and find the ones that you really like so uh do that head on over to dwnproductions.net halloween's coming up i need to take your fucking money to live so i can buy lettuce and tomatoes and other foliages like that to keep myself and my family alive sorry for all this bullshit internet i don't know what the fuck's going on uh i will look into it hopefully we can get together sometime this week and try and figure out what's going on but yeah this is 
the last couple weeks have been fucked. And I don't know, but that ain't your problem. It's mine. I hope this week gives you no, no fucking problems. And it's one of the best goddamn weeks of your life. So everybody, I thank you for listening. DWNProductions.net, FastCustomShirts.com. Boy, guys. Oh,